Hi, this is Robert Kiyosaki, and you're listening to Entrepreneur Circle, Eric Cabral. On this episode, businesses can be catalysts for the development of consciousness. So my mission that businesses can be catalysts for the development of consciousness. So if I can help leaders become their very best selves to institute you know, practices and mindsets and values and behaviors in their companies that will up-level the entire consciousness of their systems, that's, you know, that's a win for me. So, so that's, that's my mission and that's our mission. The work that we do is support leaders to help up-level the consciousness of the business that they're in. Hey there, folks, and welcome to the Entrepreneur Circle, where we built a community that shares lessons learned throughout our journeys, celebrate wins, our eureka moments, and embrace the F word, meaning failure, which I've come to realize that failure is success in progress. I'm Eric Cabral, your host, a husband, a father of two brilliant girls, and I've been called a heart-centered entrepreneur by my peers and mentors. My mission in life is to make the world a better place, one mic at a time. So I'm happy and humble to have you join in on that mission. And I hope that by the end of the show, we would have added value in your life. So if you're ready to jump into the circle, let's get to it. Hey, I'm so glad you're here because I don't often get the opportunity to share with you exactly what I do and what we do here at On Air Brands. So we help the folks in our community and our clients to launch a podcast and then produce them on a weekly basis. We also help to promote each episode with close to a dozen social media posts that consist of quote cards, sound bites, and video clips. And then we post them for you on your socials automatically. So if you're a business owner with a ton on your plate and a podcast just seems super overwhelming, I get it. We don't need one more thing to worry about. So let me and my team at On Air Brands do the heavy lifting each week so that you can focus on what you do best, which is to build your business, have more time to pour into your family and your community, or just plain chill and recharge. So feel free to email me at eric at On Air Brands so that we can book time together to chat about how we can align with your mission and how you can align with ours, which is to make the world better one mic at a time. Now back to the show. Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of Be Your Brand. Like today, I i mean, many other days, like today, <laughs> I have given an opportunity to, to chat with people that I love, know, and appreciate so that we can learn, I can learn with you about in this particular show, branding, personal branding as it relates to your company, your business, your life. So today I have a gentleman by the name of Michael Dietrich Chastain. Did I say that correctly? Yeah, it's perfect. Is, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, typically it's funny because we were chatting before the cameras turned on. Um, and that was the one thing I forgot to ask you. That is a rookie, rookie mistake. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Michael, um, I appreciate you being here, brother. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's a real pleasure, Eric. It's good to see you, and and thanks for uh, having me on. Yeah, so Michael is uh, an expert in all things. Uh, he's the founder of Arc Integrated, and is a speaker. He's an executive coach. 
He's the founder, as I said, of Arc Integrated, an organizational consulting and executive coaching firm specializing in leadership, emotional intelligence, and communications. Since 05, he's helped thousands of people make a wide range of personal and professional changes. And he wrote a book called Changes, The Busy Professional's Guide to Reducing Stress, Accomplishing Goals, and Mastering Adaptability. And I have it right here for those of you who are witnessing it on video. If you're driving, please keep your eye on the road. Uh, But it is a wonderful book uh, that he sent to me along with these cards, these changes cards. So thank you so much, brother, for... uh, for, for providing these for me and my family. And yeah, you're welcome. I want to jump into it, man. This is great. I love your branding. So we're going to get you. into that. Sounds like a plan. Why? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why was it important for you to develop a brand and then dive into like, what was that sort of focus with, that brought the personal branding aspect into focus for you too? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, I think it's a, it's an evolving question and answer, right? And I, I start with that because, you know, our brand initially was maybe a little different. And as it's, as time goes on and, I, you know, I continue to learn more about business and about, um, you know, how to, how to differentiate in the market, you know, that brand evolves. And so one of, one of the lessons that I think was difficult as it relates to branding that I'm still trying to figure out is, is that question of differentiation. So how do I, as a personal brand or arc integrated our firm, you know, how do we not compete on, you know, on price, on, you know, customer service, you know, obviously these things are important, but you know, how do we really compete by offering something unique and different? And so I'm, I'm passionate about answering that question. Do I have a super clear answer to it? Um, not yet. I think we are doing some things that help us differentiate in the market, but I, you know, answer your question, Eric, I think branding is, is so important to be able to answer, you know, what's unique and special about us so that we're not seen as just, uh, you know, another, another offering amongst the thousands of others out there. Yeah. When you were, you know, building your company, building your business, obviously, the majority of people realize, okay, I need some form of a brand, right? I got to put something out there um, Mm -hmm. so people know we exist. But the concept of you, Michael Dietrich Chastain saying, okay, no, wait, I'm the brand too. You know, my face is a logo. Like Mm -hmm. when did that sort of come into focus for you? And like, what was the early steps to to start creating that for you? One of the, one of those steps that we took early, you know, and I opened the the business in 2015, I guess it was, uh, this gets into a little bit of my background. So my background in short is like some in corporate, some in uh, the world of mental health as a psychotherapist, and then back in, into corporate. And when I say corporate, I specifically mean, you know, doing, you know, training and organizational change initiatives uh, to support leaders, teams, and cultures uh, to bring them to states of high performance. And so when I say corporate work, that's the kind of corporate work. And so I've always had a foot in either this mental health space or the, or the uh, corporate development space. So when I launched our, my own brand, you know, I was offering kind of a blend of, you know, executive coaching work, you know, training and development work and therapy. And one of the things I realized early on about that brand is that it was too much, like from a public facing perspective, you know, people, I think the, the feedback I got was, you know, Michael, you're offering, you're offering too much, your identity is too complicated. So one of the branding lessons I learned early on was, okay, I need to, need to let go, even though the, all those things are within my skill set and expertise, I need to hone in. And so um, uh, just about 18 months into the, into the launch of our business, we actually rebranded. 
And that was the point in which I let go of offering uh, therapeutic services. So I'm still licensed actually as a therapist, but haven't practiced in years. And um, letting go of that identity as a brand was super helpful. Like our business uh, really took off after that. And then, um, you know, honing, honing into, you know, leadership development, workplace culture development was a much clearer like brand identity um, than, you know, trying to explain the, the complication of offering too much. And so, so that was one of the early lessons around branding that uh, came to fruition for me. Yeah, brother. Um, I, I appreciate that, man. The, the brand the the brand refresh or sort of like looking at it again um during your uh that 18 months what what made you realize like oh okay we need to we need to retool we need to revisit we need to figure this out and what did that do for you emotionally since i i'm imagining you had an uh, a sort of I, idea of who you were be, how you were being perceived. And now you had to kind of like refocus that and, 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 and reassociate, you know, rebranding yourself is, uh, is, is, can be an emotional sort yeah. of task as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, pre- I appreciate you, you saying that and recognizing that part of it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I'll say two things to that. One is part of what landed us on the decision to, to rebrand was listening to the feedback from friends, from colleagues, from customers. And so that's, that's a, you know, I think a super valuable lesson that is, is timeless, right? Like consistently getting feedback about our brand or, or, or really anything in our, in our life and then utilizing that good feedback to make change. I think that's a great practice. So that was part of the answer, Eric, around how we, how we landed on the rebrand. And, and absolutely, it was definitely an identity shift because at that time I had been, you know, wearing the hat of therapist and kind of, you know, really interested in letting go of that hat and diving more deeply into leadership development and corporate culture development, which I had some experience in, but um, more of the identity I had at that time was was as a therapist. And so um, it felt, you know, it felt risky. It felt like a bit of a loss, uh, certainly felt like a like a little bit of imposter syndrome, you know. And so I so I appreciate your, your comment around the emotional component of of choosing our brand and, and, and changing it. Cause yeah, I think that's an, that's an element of it, right? It's like tied to our identity. Yeah. Yeah. Letting, letting things go. Um, you know, especially for business owners, uh, who are in the business, whether they have a personal brand or not, they, their, their, their identity, their identity is very tied into the business. And a lot of people say, <laughs> whether it's struggling or they're going to sell the business or somehow there's going to be a separation, they won't do it just because they'll go down with the ship <laughs> because yeah. then maybe uh, their, their, their identity is tied into it. So um, how do you deal with clients? Let's, let's talk about your corporate executives that you, that you serve Mm-hmm. Um, what type of shifts that may they have and changes may they have that you have to help them and navigate through? Yeah, well, it's, it's exactly, I, I love your, your, your metaphor there. And there's, there's certainly relevance to the work that, that I'm doing and that we're doing with executives because a lot of it is about letting go of preconceived notions, right? So mm-hmm. examples might be, you know, they may have led in a particular way, their team, their company, 
And it requires their openness to say, is this leadership style working for me? Or maybe there are ways to adjust it, right? And that's, and that's where we can come in, you know, to teach them and to support them in better ways to communicate, better ways to resolve conflict, you know, better, better ways to manage their own stress and emotions and ideas, better ways to strategize and get feedback and be creative with their team members. These are all, these are all kind of um, aspects or characteristics of really good leadership. And so, but to your point, it requires an openness and um, at least a curiosity to say, hey, maybe the way that I've been doing things isn't the best way. And so a, a letting go of, of that identity, absolutely. How closely tied in are family dynamics? So, you know, there's a lot of mm-hmm. corporate executives out there. I was one of them and I was miserable. Now, mm-hmm. what didn't necessarily mean that it was directly tied to any misery that I had at home, but there's things that definitely tied in and affected my work because I wasn't mm-hmm. balanced at home. And it's, there's ups and downs, you know, um, how do you manage, you know, your clients and, and, and broach that topic, which could be very personal. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a, there's an interesting stat around that, that, that looks at, you know, typically executives, what do they hire a leadership coach for, you know, and it's, and it's something like, you know, 3% of them identify personal issues as a reason for hiring a leadership coach. But the, the reality is, is that like the vast majority of what comes up in coaching ends, it ends up being personal in addition to business. So I think, I think it's, you know, not only my experience working with, you know, executives doing leadership coaching, yes, it's personal, but as a as like a, a whole like a culture of, of coaching and working with development around leadership it, it is it is it is personal um, and and I'll, and I'll say this too one of, one of the things that's interesting about the uh, predictors of success when working with a, a coach in this case we'll, we'll talk about corporate or leadership coaching there's two predictors of success Eric one is which may be obvious like the person's readiness for change. Like, are they ready? Are they willing? Are they interested in changing? That's a, that's a big influencer on the outcome of coaching or development. And the second thing that's equally as important is the goodness of fit between the coach and the, and the recipient, right? That's, the, that's another like, scientific predictor of outcome. And I, and I say this idea of goodness of fit related to your question about like home versus work is because when we're when we're working with a, a prospect and, and evaluating like are we going to be you know do we want to work together one of the questions I'll always ask them is are you comfortable talking about your whole self meaning like how you show up with your family how you show up with your kids how you show up with those you lead you know how you how you communicate how you manage stress like we we bring our whole selves everywhere we go and so to me, the best path to development is to look at the whole person's experience. Now, not all coaches do that. Like some will be very professionally oriented or just work oriented. And that's fine. That's just not a good fit for us. Because our our stance, our perspective is, is the best results you're going to get out of coaching or learning is when you bring your whole self to that agreement. And so that's a question that is always brought um, up to a prospect when we're talking about, you know, is this the right fit? So my stance is, is do we talk about home and work and everything else? Uh, absolutely. Is the short answer. Yeah. <laughs> there's, um, there's a very fine line between uh, work and life. You know, a lot of it overlaps. A lot of it spills into each other. 
uh, a lot of the issues that you had growing up that you're not aware of. Um, you know, I found that the most difficult people to work with throughout my entire corporate career, now my entrepreneurial career, are people who lack self-awareness. Mm -hmm. And um, it's challenging because I put the work in every single day, Mike, and mm. I try not to get angered or frustrated with people that don't put the work in <laughs> and yeah, create yeah. a high level of self-awareness so that we can have a healthy environment. Uh, that mm -hmm. we all have to operate in. So yeah. how much of your work involves creating self-awareness for them and, and, and telling them the, the, the things that aren't easy to hear? Yeah, yeah, uh, quite, quite a bit of it. So as an example, last week, I was with a client for a few days up in Michigan and pretty, pretty large company, um, but we had a subset of their leaders in a, in a program that was, it was two days with some virtual work on the front and the, and the back end. And the content of that program, Eric, was developing emotional intelligence and coaching skills as a leader. And so um, really, really passionate about both of those topics. And both of those topics are ones that we train and, and coach on quite a bit. And so to get to your question about self-awareness, when you look at the data around the the ROI of building emotional intelligence. I mean, it's 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 daunting. I mean, if if people don't, if leaders are out there and have you know haven't familiarized themselves with emotional intelligence, like it's to to me, it's paramount, right? And it, and not just to me, like the science shows us. I mean, it it improves things like productivity and engagement. When you look at someone that's highly emotional intelligent and someone that isn't, same industry, you know, similar positions. The higher, the higher emotionally intelligent person is going to make quite a bit more money. So, I mean, there's all this benefit, um, you know, better at solving conflict, better at creative thinking, better at problem solving. I mean, it just goes on and on. And I bring up emotional intelligence because self-awareness is one of the four core elements of emotional intelligence, right? And the, the, other, the other three, for those that, that might be interested, it's self-awareness and self-management. So our ability to be aware uh, and have, have like a, have like a, a, a cognizant um, appreciation for what's going on. And then the management part is like, can we actually do something with our emotions, with our stressors? And then the other two are social awareness. You know, do we have a sense of the like energy in the room when we walk into a room? Can we pick up on emotional cues from others? Do we understand when someone's stressed or not? And then social management or social influence is the fourth quad, the fourth part of the quadrant in, uh, in EQ. And that's all about, you know, in influencing and helping manage the stress or emotions in others, right? Can you, can you effectively understand someone's motivation and, and help, uh, influence it? Can you influence people's behavior based on how, you know, you show up, uh, and, and so on and so forth. And so just a quick, uh, review of kind of like what, what makes up EQ, but, you know, is self-awareness important, uh, to, to leaders and to corporate cultures? Absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So you call, uh, you call it EQ just for, for clarity for me and for the audience, what's that stand for? Yeah. So EQ or EI is either emotional intelligent or emotional quotient EQ, emotional quotient, gotcha. not, uh, not the same as IQ, right? Intelligent quotient. And uh, another fun fact for folks out there that might not know much about it is that IQ is pretty, it's typically pretty stable. So we, we have an IQ that is stable over the course of our life. What's fascinating about EQ is that it is, it is constantly, uh, influenceable. So it, it can change and it can change in either direction. 
right? Like our EQ could get better over time or it could get worse over time. And just like anything dependent upon how much energy and time we put into studying it, into working on it, into getting resources from outside sources and, uh, and so forth. So yeah, that's the difference between the two. Yeah. It's hard work, man. I'm not, I'm not going to downplay it. Like, especially, um, you know, I, I, whether you had a tough upbringing or you had an easy road, uh, you know, people have to navigate through emotions every single day and they can, they can, they can ignore them, stuff it down. Uh, and it'll manifest itself in various ways, whether that's physical or, or, you know, emotional, but, um, it's a, it's, it's a fascinating space that you, you operate in because every individual is completely different, right? Um, within an organization that is completely different and it's got teams of people. Um, so everything is a big mishmash of, <laughs> you know, emotions and, and motivation and yeah. influence. And yeah. so yeah. what are some of the, I mean, I want to jump into and get back into a bit of the branding, uh, but before sure. then, um, I love that tool set that you talked about, the four core elements, uh, yeah. self-management, awareness, self-awareness. Um, are there any sort of tool sets? I know you have these cards um, that, you know, you sort of come in with and say, okay, this is sort of the, the way to get things started. Let's kick it off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So there are, there are all sorts of tools. Um, you know, I think just to give us some examples, like cl- classes are, are absolutely a tool. So educating around like what, what is EQ and how does, how does it show up in the context of our, you know, interpersonal dynamics on our team? You know, what are the benefits for improving it? Um, so, you know, just the simple element of educating oneself, I think is a tool, uh, to your point, the card deck that we have, uh, is essentially, it's a deck of questions, Eric, and this, this might sound, uh, sound simple, but I, I truly believe that the more powerful and more unique kinds of questions we can ask ourselves, uh, the better we can get at creating any kind of change that we want. And so one strategy for developing EQ is to improve our ability to ask questions. And so that tool, for instance, is a shortcut to understanding uh, what are some some options around deep questions that we have, both to be able to ask ourselves and to and to ask others. And so, uh, in that card deck, there are various activities that we'll use. Um, some of them are for one on one. So, like if you had a performance evaluation conversation with someone that you're leading and you wanted to ask some strategic questions, there's an activity in there for that. Um, we use them in team meetings. So there's an activity uh, that we use with uh, teams to help them think more strategically or connect with one another uh, even better. And then um, on a larger scale, Eric, one of the ways that's that's pretty fun that we use that is at conferences. And so um, I speak at conferences occasionally, and um, we've used those card decks at scale. So, you know, hundreds of people in a room uh, trading questions and getting to know, you know, who's in the room, creating community, creating, uh, mm. creating better relationships. And of course, that may that has an influence on their experience at the conference. And so there's all sorts of application around how to use uh, interesting questions. And so that deck is a, is a tool for that. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. So such great questions here. I love, you know, just picked it up and it came to me a second time. So now that's a sign I got to read it, but, um, Mm -hmm. in, within the deck and I love that they're circles, right? They're not, uh, they're not square cards or rectangle cards. Sure. Um, when was the last time you felt vulnerable? I love that. 
Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to answer that for me, but let me ask you that question since it's right out of your deck. <laughs> yeah, sure. Happy to. I love that. I love that you're pulling a question. I love it. I love it. Let's see. When was the last time I felt vulnerable? Um, hmm. Well, let's see. I think about there is when I'm, when I'm creating content that is experimental um, and this is this is actually gets into the branding. So I I recently created this new keynote and um, had not delivered it. Had been working on it for a while. Had not delivered it uh, yet until this summer, just a few months ago. And I was I was nervous about it. Like I'd put a lot of time into working on it. I believed in the concepts, but you know it's it's an experiment. So it's like you know I get I get up there and and just am experimenting with both the delivery, the content, as well as the the choreography of the experience, right? Like moving people through, uh, you know, different kinds of activities and small groups and one on one and and um, I, you know, I was I was nervous about it because I'd never I'd never experimented with before and th- thankfully the feedback was pretty good, but I I definitely you know felt vulnerable because I think anytime we release like a new thing. Uh, it's a, there's, there's a risk, right? It might fall flat. You might get horrible feedback. It, you might, you know, you might fail. And so, uh, anyway, that's what comes to mind. Yeah, that's great. I love that. I like in, you know, doing these speaking engagements, uh, you know, in the business space, uh, to, to comedians when they're on stage, man, they, 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 you know, when you see their Netflix special, uh, <laughs> that is them doing it the umpteenth time, you know, like hundreds and yeah. hundreds of times in, 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 in little places, so yeah, when we present, uh, there's going to be a time where you have to do it for the first time, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And you're going to yeah. learn from it. That's you're going to learn a ton, right? So yeah, awesome. Awesome, brother. So Leah, let's get into uh, back into the groove of the personal brand and your brand. Sure. Who who was one of the big influences when you started to develop your personal brand? Mm. Well, I'll tell you who's... He's he's been an influence in the last uh, few years and continue, continues to be. Um, his name is Christopher Lockhead. Do you know that name? It sounds familiar. He's he's. I'm reading. I'm that? reading a new book that he just wrote right now, which I uh, which I'm really liking. It's called Snow Leopard. So sh- shout out to to him and his new content, dude. I literally just downloaded it. That's why. Uh, oh no way! <laughs> I think it's possible. You told me to. To download it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah. Literally, I literally just downloaded it, but yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. So I really, I really appreciate his work and it, and it gets back to one of the first things I said about branding around differentiation. You know, his whole thing, he calls it category design. And so I've been on this, on this mission and haven't quite answered it yet, but you know, how to, you know, how do we create a new, a new category amongst the world of leadership and, and corporate culture development? And so I think, uh, yeah, that's, that's someone that certainly, certainly comes to mind. Yeah. You know, there are, there are other like, you know, big, big names, uh, certainly like in the leadership space, like there's a whole movement called, uh, called conscious leadership or conscious Mm -hmm. culture, conscious business, conscious capitalism. So there's a handful Mm -hmm. of folks within that world that, um, that I really, I really, uh, enjoy. And that's, that's like aspirational for us as a brand, you know, I'm, I'm wanting to be seen as like a, like a, a conscious leader or conscious leadership or, or conscious culture expert. And so as far as branding goes, like that's a direction I'm wanting to take both, both my own personal brand as well as arc integrated as a brand. So those yeah. are a couple of things that come Is that to like mind. like a Simon Sinek sort of fall into that category of conscious leadership? 
No. So like, so like a couple names might be, um, like John Mackey, uh, CEO or founder of Whole Foods, um, Raj Sisodia. It's another thought leader in that space. Um, who else? Uh, uh, let's see, like, um, oh, Fred Kaufman is, he wrote a book called Conscious Business, which is really great. He takes a deep dive into like, how do you use values to create a conscious culture? Um, so yeah, those are, those are a handful of, uh, of folks that I really, really look up to. Awesome. Yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll throw those in the show notes. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm so curious because that snow leopard, um, literally, you know, I was in bed probably a couple of days ago and I, and I downloaded oh, it and it may have been, it may have been me checking, um, um, on some notes that, you know, from our conversations. Uh, so yeah, for, yeah. Let, let's, let's jump into the, uh, the portion here where you, and you've taught a lot already, uh, but yeah, if there's anything that you have, a tool set, a one, two, three, an ABC that you can break down for <laughs> our, 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 our listeners to, to benefit from. Yeah, man, absolutely. So it, it gets back to the, the comment I made earlier about like utilizing our whole selves to create development or change, right? And so a, a number of years ago, I was asking this question about like, what are the, what are the common, you know, pillars of our lived experience that may be the predictors of helping us create or manage change, which at the highest level, like we're all asking that question, right? We're all asking like, how do I create change in the business and, you know, in my team, in my health, in my relationship. And so, um, to your question, I, I, I released this book changes a few years ago, which is essentially my theory around these, uh, seven predictors of our ability to create or manage change. And they're essentially pillars of our, of our lived experience. And there are, there are seven of them. And so if you want a, a seven step system here, <laughs> here it is. Yeah. Uh, let's do so, it, man. I'm excited. So, yeah. Yeah. It's cool, man. I, um, you know, the book, the book dives into, you know, exercises around how to work with each of these seven, but I'll just explain them real quick. So the first one is cognition, which is about how we address problems, like how we think, are we more abundant oriented? Are we, are we more solution focused or are we more like deficit or problem or, you know, um, scarcity minded. So cognition is about our mentality. Um, heart is about our emotional self. So we talked a good bit about that today, Eric, like the importance of, you know, being aware about our emotions, doing something with them, managing with them. So that's the second pillar. Uh, the third one is actions, which is all about our habits and routines you know, what are we, what are we doing typically on a daily, monthly, weekly basis? That's our regular routine. That's our, that's our action. Um, nourishment is how we treat our physical experience. So how we, I tend to frame that, like how we move, how we eat and how we sleep. So these three things, and there's, there's so much research. There's really so much research around all these seven pillars and how they influence our change making or change, uh, management abilities. But I know we don't have time to dig, dig into that stuff. But uh, so so that's the fourth one. Uh, the fifth one is guts, which is all about our courage. And so we may have like some of these pillars like really uh, really strong. We have a good strength in them. But if we don't have the courage to act on our deepest convictions, to act with integrity, you know that may be the thing that's getting in our way. Um, the sixth is environment. So the people, places, and things we surround ourselves with. Uh, the, inter the interesting note on environment, I think, right now is that one of the most significant and consistent environments that we have is where we spend our time online. 
that is an environment that's always influencing us. Of course, among others, right? Like where we, you know, what kind of community we live in, what's our workplace like, what's our family life like, our friendships, these are all environments. And then lastly, Eric, is spirit is the seventh pillar. And spirit I define as our belief systems. So both our belief systems in like what we're capable of in our life, as well as our belief systems around like, what do we see as kind of the nature of the world? You know, the big beliefs and the little and the little beliefs. And as you might guess, and maybe can infer, each of these seven have influences on one another. And so those that would be my invitation is for folks to dig in to these seven parts of their lived experience and see how, you know, those each or each one of them or maybe a handful of them are are influencing us in a significant way. Yeah, I love it, brother. Just so anybody who was driving, you know, spaced out for two seconds, I'm just going to go through your seven predictors really quickly. Uh, in terms of, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna expand on it because they can do that through the book, uh, and we'll we'll put sure. links and everything, uh, you know, to 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 grab the book and to die, take a deep dive with Michael and uh, Arc Integrated. So number one, cognition. Number two, heart. Number three, action. Four was nourishment. Five was guts. Six, environment, and seven, spirit. Mm-hmm. I'd like to pretend that I memorized those, but I was jotting them down as you were talking. So <laughs> that's it's great, so, it man. Sounded um, good. <laughs> <laughs> all very powerful, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very, um, just into every single one of those pillars that you, you, uh, you, you put together there. So, so good. Thank you. Thank um, you. So, yeah, brother. Let's. Um, now that we've talked about changes and the book and the changes card. Um, and I want to I want to point people in the right direction so that they can find you and potentially work with you. Uh, but before that, let's ask the question: What is your mission and purpose in life or business? Mm. Man, I really believe that that businesses can be catalysts for the development of consciousness. Right. So my mission. Say that again. That businesses can be catalysts for the development of consciousness. So if I can help leaders become their very best selves to institute, you know, practices and mindsets and values and behaviors in their companies that will uplevel the entire consciousness of their systems, um, that's, Mm. you know, that's a win for me. So, so that's, that's my mission and that's our mission. The work that we do is support leaders to help uplevel the consciousness of the business that they're in. I love it. I love it. So good, brother. You dropped a ton of knowledge here, man, and uh, you shared and you taught, and hopefully people will take action. What's the best way that people can reach out to you and potentially work with you? Sure, sure. Yeah, I'll give uh, I'll give two things. So our our website has a ton of interesting, you know, articles and videos and all sorts of things on it. They could find us there at arcintegrated.com, arcintegrated.com, um, and we do have an upcoming uh, retreat, which I haven't I haven't announced this publicly yet. Would it be okay if I? Shared that? Yeah. I mean, hopefully, uh, yeah. If you're listening to this in the future, we'll, we'll, we'll mention the date and you missed it. So, you know, hopefully yeah. <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll check it and find the next one. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Yeah. Please I've, share. There will, there will be, there will be more. This is the first one we're doing. Um, it's, it's in April of 2023 and applications are going to go live, um, probably in, uh, October of 2022. And the, it's essentially, it's retreat for leaders that identify with this concept of up-leveling consciousness within their business. 
and it's going to be in Costa Rica. It's going to be highly experiential. So it'll be a lot of the tools and strategies combined with a lot of time, uh, you know, a lot of time on the earth. So a combination of like really good mm-hmm. science behind leadership development, as well as a lot of really good ancient wisdom. Uh, so we'll be on the beach, we'll be surfing, we'll be hiking in the jung- jungle, in addition to having really good classroom activity. And so if they're curious to learn more, I they can it. go to theconsciousleadersquest.com. Awesome. Theconsciousleadersquest.com. I'll definitely be checking yeah. that out. How long is that event for? So that'll be, it'll be a a six day event in Costa Rica. And uh, yeah, super excited about it. It's going to be awesome. We've got some really fun uh, partners on it and special guests and uh, it's going to be intimate. It'll be a small group of us, but it'll be very powerful. I love it. I love it. Very cool, man. Uh, I I imagine there'll be yoga there. So uh, that's a good place. There will be a little yoga, a little yoga, a little qigong. Do some yoga. (laughs) There you go. Some Tai Chi. (laughs) Awesome, brother. I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for being on the show and sharing. Appreciate you, man. Thank you. That's it for now, folks. If you'd like to stay in touch with the show, you can contact me directly at eric at onairbrands.com. That's eric, E-R-I-K at onairbrands.com. And if you aren't already subscribed to the show, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or any other podcast platform. And please recommend us to one or two people in your circle. That will go a long, long way to growing our community. Also, if you could rate us on iTunes, just take a moment uh, to give us five stars. And if they have more stars, give all of them. We'd greatly appreciate you for that. And always, always like, subscribe, and share, share, share this show on social media. We'd love you for that as well. And if you have any ideas or want to hear something on a future show, please hit us up. Maybe you have a question for one of my guests or you want to uh, tell a story, a success story. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. You can do that, especially if you're on the Anchor platform. You can leave us a voice message. We'd love to incorporate you and your voice on a future episode. Once again, folks, thanks again for listening to the Entrepreneur Circle. Please like, subscribe, and share, share, share. I am Eric Cabral, and as always, remember, your network is your net worth. So get in the circle.